0: Welcome to another episode of Codurions Fireside Chats. I am here with Mash and Sandro, co-founders of Podium. Um I'm Jose, I'm the managing Director. And uh, if you're new to this Fireside Chats, this is just, we used to have these conversations after hours uh, work, and then at some point we decided, well, why don't we broaden up the circle you no, know, and started recording them and now we do them live so if you want to participate in the conversation go ahead and jump in the chat on uh, youtube if you like what you're seeing you know subscribe hit the notification button and uh, you will know when we go live and you can participate today's topic is about boot camps yeah so how useful are tech boot camps especially in today's economy, market, uh, if you want to call it something. Um, And uh, this is something that we touched uh, tendentially a couple of times already uh, in in some of the other uh, episodes. And we thought it was a good idea to dedicate a bit of time to it, uh, especially triggered by a tweet by Pere from the software uh, crafters Mallorca uh group so shout out to him who was like well what are, what are your thoughts on on this right because lately there are there's been a boom yeah of, i would say the last five years uh it's been proliferating lots of and lots of businesses now i've created these schools where you can go and you know study for a couple of months and come out ready to join the workforce, so to speak. That's kind of like the promise that many of these uh, these places do. And uh, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? So let's let's see. No, let's let's get the ball rolling, I guess. No, um, with what are some of the experiences that you guys have had with this? Like, have you you know met some of the people coming out of those boot camps? yes no and what what can you say about in the quality or you know what what these programs are about
1: I can start um it's um i when we first started Codurance we the the whole idea of apprenticeships has always been part of it from part of us from day one and I remember my first apprentice came from a bootcamp. Um, and I remember at the time it took me,
0: took this me ten about years two, ago, no,
1: this ten. was, yeah, nine years ago. Yeah. It took me about two years to get them up to speed where I felt that they were after the bootcamp working alongside me on where I was mentoring them on projects. And, uh, even kind of training and those kind of things i felt that they were ready but this person was had come into the boot camp from a completely non-technical profession before and the and the, at that time i are thinking i think was that well,
2: was, was if, it a, a, a social worker or a nurse or something or, or, work yeah. or a charity or something like that
1: something like that yeah yeah uh, but very kind of completely outside the tech arena basically and then it took a long time uh, and but they once they got to uh uh, to the point a couple of years later they they were very good uh and i think it would have been even more difficult for them if they started if they come without a bootcamp. well they wouldn't have even got the job in the first place right Uh, and at that time our idea was that actually they they come out a bit too junior what we need we are a software consultancy we need people to kind of be on client projects um, as part of a team but they need to perform at the very least mid to senior level of of, uh, most of the clients people right so so the bar is quite high for us anyway but since then we've had a mixture we've had people who came in and they they moved very fast and there was not even a a um a problem and funnily enough the Sandro also had and i'll let Sandro talk about the other pre- apprentice who came out as a university graduate so it was quite a good comparison in some ways uh, he moved very fast but but and then we thought okay maybe it's because of university but i personally don't think so i think since then we've had people from the boot camps who who moved as fast? Some move don't, and we've had people graduates who move very slow, like in terms of progression within the company. Right? Uh, we now have a much more formalized apprenticeship program, and we take people. Uh, we, usually, we require one to two years of experience, but uh, sometimes we take people from boot camps or universities when they exhibit a lot of potential. Right? So, um, to answer your question, I think is. I think both routes bring out people. For a consultancy company, they're not ready. They require a lot more polish. Uh, the level that they come at, uh, there are rare rare occasions where they they are actually at a good level and they can be, you know, come through our our own apprenticeship program then and and move fairly quickly. Uh, but both routes are as valid, the way I see it. It's more up on the individual and kind of their past experiences but also their aptitude and also their attitude to learning that actually makes the difference but as a springboard for a tech career I think it's a it's a very good option in fact I would hazard to say that if you just include it from a skills perspective then it's a better option and cheaper more cost-effective option than a university would ever be especially what they teach at uni.
2: Yeah, so so uh, I see boot camps with very good eyes in general, right? So, but but of course, that uh, as everything, uh, that's the same for universities or types of companies and so on and so forth, we need to look at those things into <laughs> a, a wider range of perspectives, let's say, uh, to have a, a more in depth opinion. So, but in general, if I had to summarize, I think that boot camps are a good thing. And we probably need even more of them that provide with better quality as well. You might, you probably can get to that uh, uh, discussion maybe later on in this episode of like what those boot camps should actually teach and is even possible to teach in such a short period of time. But the, so for me, there are one aspect that one perspective that I like to take is our industry needs more people. So in the entry barrier, so, on one hand, you can say that the entry barrier is very low because, like, if you are able to, if you can afford a laptop and uh, an internet connection, um, you should be able to learn a lot of these the things that we do, uh, at least a big range of the things that we do, almost on by your own, like online and stuff, right? So. So the, the, the boot camps is a way to accelerate that. So mainly for people changing careers, uh, is a way for them in a very short period of time, get enough skills with a short investment. Uh, although some of the, we can talk about prices as well, because some of them are, are reasonably expensive, but well, we can talk about the return on investment as well. But, but in general, people changing careers in a short amount of time get the very basic, foundation to get a job as a entry-level developer, I think that that's a good thing. It helps us to bring more people to our industry and get them started. The university route for those people would be a, a no, a no-go, like if you are already changing careers, you are a bit further away in your in your life, uh, stopping for four years to study computer science or something, that is a huge investment right so that that would be prohibitive to a lot of people so so in, on that side for example from that perspective it would come play a great they are a very good thing very positive thing in our industry but then of course there is a return on investment as well as i said like they are quite intense they tend to be three or months or four months or whatever uh some of them in the uk they cost a lot of money in a few thousands of pounds right so someone who need to be full-time for a few months without earning any money and pay a significant amount. However, the average job as a a junior developer is also quite well paid. So if they are able to quickly, after the bootcamp, be able to get an entry-level position, they might have a good return on investment, potentially better than the university route on a financial side. An acceleration of their entry to the R industry. Uh, but then I'll not take a lot of space because I have a lot of opinions in this topic, but then we can also discuss like after the bootcamp, so what they learn in there and what is their suitability. So how suitable they are for all the different types of roles uh, and companies out there. So that's a separate discussion as so, well, but that's my summary to get started this conversation. Jose, well, how do you look at it?
0: So- all right, so uh, how do I look at it? So, this is the thing. I feel like they are uh, focusing on practical things, right? So they're trying to get people to be able to do stuff as soon as possible so that they can be hired to do that stuff. Where I think boot camps lag is in teaching a good foundation, especially in some cases around, you know, design and and these kinds of uh, things, right? So, and that takes time. It's not something that is immediate or anything like that, but I think they could do a better job at it. That's, no, um, because someone was asking the question now if, and if you were going back, would you? what would you uh, tell yourself? No, no, don't go to university, do a boot camp. I don't think I would tell myself that. Uh, because there were certain things that I learned at university, like how to reason problems and, and do problem solving and, and so on, that I don't think they they teach you in a boot camp. Yeah? They can teach you the tools, but the, the reality is, I, I also feel like they're necessary, right? Because the rate... Or the speed at which universities adapt to what is needed is a lot slower, yeah, than what you know a, a three-month uh, training bootcamp can do. Right? Like, if the next uh, three months they want to teach something else, it's relatively easy for them to change that. They don't have to wait, you know, four years to, to kind of. Um, see the results no, of the outcomes and things so so i think at the rate in which the industry changes boot camps are a good thing because they allow people to adapt. but if you're talking long term as an individual there are certain things that you will need if you want to be successful in the field uh that i don't think you will learn uh, in a bootcamp, you either learn them already somewhere else, like you did another degree, or you you study something else, and that now you're switching. So those skills are transferable. And in that case, that's great. Um, but if you are just starting, you didn't do anything before. Uh, I think they will still not prepare you well enough to to be successful in this. Like it would take a lot more attitude and and uh, grit, no, <laughs> and 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 passion. Uh, for you to get there, right? Because as a guideline on what you need to learn, because this this is the thing, that like university also doesn't teach you everything that you need to know, but they kind of they try to give you enough of each concept now so that later on you could continue uh, developing no? or continue uh, expanding on it. As a guide, I don't think they they fulfill their function that well. Yeah.
2: So so this is an interesting topic and I, and I can see from our chat that there is a lot of people reacting uh, to some of the things that we are saying. So I will go back to some of the questions related to that. Uh, so for example, Herman was asking this question, right? So if you travel to the past, mm-hmm. what would you say to your former self? Hey, don't go to university, just take this bootcamp camp uh, course. Uh, I think that Emmanuel also uh and said like that i mentioned that uh, they could learn in what we do in a short time uh what do i mean by what we do uh so and also i think that marina also think uh, said that uh i think university can offer much more than professional training in terms of development of a person learning etc but it also depends on the person so there is a lot of uh, people also mentioning that so let, let me try to clarify uh, also a few things, even the, what you said, Jose, and, and people on the chat. Uh, remember here that we are talking about using bootcamps boot as an entry point to our industry. Right, let, let's, let's focus. That, that's the, the, the role, the, the problem that they try to solve. They try to take people that are not coming from the traditional roots, the university route, let's call that, and people that would like to work in IT maybe as a software engineer uh, or maybe some of the, the related areas right it's mostly software engineers most of the boot camps they tend to be focused on programming and things like that so but let's remember this is the entry level right so they go through a three four months boot camp to get the bare minimum so they learn how to to do something in Python, in Ruby, or, or in Java, or they learn GitHub, and or Git, and something like that. But by no means, like I, I'm no, saying that oh, in three months' time, now they are a fully-fledged uh, uh, software engineer, because not even universities in four years can do that, right? But is this at least this a good start of their journey, so that instead of spending the, the other three and a half years at university, they could, start looking for an entry-level job, as I mentioned, and complement the knowledge gap that they still have, and that will be for the rest of their life, with other additional trainings, other additional learning, part of it at work, part of it still learning, as we do today. I think that this is what I meant, is as an entry-level with a small investment, Uh, And just the beginning of that journey that will continue throughout their career,
0: but but the entry-level thing, but this is not a problem like Okay, if if you look at it like from the perspective of Organizations that are uh, Ultimately hiring the people that come out of this they don't The the problem is not oh we need more people in the end. No, the problem is There are not enough. Yeah, the ones that are there that I that could fit I cannot pay, yeah. Therefore, I need to find a solution for that. So, so, so to some extent, maybe it's a mismatch in expectations, yeah. But and this happened a lot. Uh, you know, if you if you look back a couple of years, like you were you were out of a bootcamp and you will find jo- a job immediately. At this point, there are plenty of people that went through boot camps and there it's been months and they still haven't gotten a job. Yeah, because the industry learned that the mismatching expectations was there. Like, you couldn't put someone through a, an entry level into the industry through three months of training, especially that kind of training, only focused on the technology, you know, MongoDB, uh, uh, React. And yeah, that that's not going to get you uh, someone that you can hire and it's going to write good quality code and it's going to solve all your well, problems. Right. So that's. This is the mismatch,
2: right? But I think it depends on who is hiring as well, because this is another uh, aspect, another perspective that I would say is like, uh, for example, what kind of company you are and what is your hiring strategy and, and stuff. If you are a company that needs to get a lot of value, for example, you are very short in, in uh, for example, if you hire an engineer, you you can you can afford to pay a much higher price because you have an immediate need, very complicated problems that you need to solve immediately. Of course, you need someone with experience. Or in our case, for example, we very rarely, almost never hire from a bootcamp now, because we know that the kind of work that we do, those people are way too far from what we need them to do. Uh,
0: so out of sorry,
1: out of we we, so we also very rarely really hire from a uni as well. By the way, exactly.
2: uh, let's,
1: let's just uh, let's just go back to one thing. Bootcamp is about the programming skill yeah it's not about being a good software developer they are trying to they do try to put you into a team and all those kind of things if i just look at the the things that the boot camp is teaching i went i've done two degrees both in computer science and my son is currently doing a computer science degree right i would say and i i have seen people and i've seen what they teach in the boot camps and everything else i would say just the thing that they teach they do a better job in three months that I did with a, a bachelor's and a master's on what was taught to me, just though that thing, right? The other, the other thing I would say about a university is that it's important to understand w- at what age people come into. You know that question, like, would I tell my young self, should I go to university? I would tell my 18-year-old self to go to university because I was not ready to work. The university, like, so let's take the skill aside. University doesn't just teach you. It actually doesn't really teach you programming. Computer science degrees in the UK, at least, teach you a bit of programming, but they don't teach you software development. They teach you a lot of theory, which could be good or bad and so on, but they are extremely disorganized. And and frankly, as a education knowledge transfer medium, it's a ripoff. That's the way I see it. But on the other hand, the life that you lead, you kind of just came out of the um, house. And fr- frankly, most people going in are boys and they've been pampered and they, there's failure to launch. They haven't launched. I was the same, right? I go in, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't know life skills. And it t- started teaching me those life skills. And at the same time, I was, you know, attending some of the lessons and learning a bit, you know, in most cases, this is the way. And they were partying I- a
2: lot as well
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> That's where I went anyway. but 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 the, what i' what I'm trying to say is that most of the people at the age of eighteen, they are not ready to work, right? And they need to learn a few life lessons. over those three years, they've learned a few, right? Some people, they are like I have my neighbor, and uh, their child is um, he didn't go to university. And frankly, I think he did the right thing. He's very mature in his thought processes. He knows exactly what he wants to do, very kind of career-minded. And he went and is doing an apprenticeship with an, for an, like, to be an electrician and then do further those things. And I think right on because he's not going to get a debt, into debt and he's earning life skills, but he has a, a level of maturity. So so when we are comparing u- university and what is taught there and um the boot camp. we also have to take age into account and the person's maturity into account. If someone who's had a few bumps on the road already, you know, and who then, you know, understands life, understands people, uh, understands a few of the other things that, Jose, you were talking about, for them, I would say, yeah, you know, go ahead, do the, the skills training, because, you know, all you need is that and the rest you have, you know, the Kind of be working in with people you have that. so then it's just a skill and i would say i would say go for go for uh, a boot camp there is no competition against the university boot camp would win in this scenario
0: yeah
2: so can, can i just share like mesh you asked me to share like that that comparison as as mesh was saying uh in the early days of Pujunus, in our first year end of our first year uh, we hired two people as as meshe was saying so uh they were all our appren- so both of them came in came to cojunus as an apprentice so uh the guy that was changing careers and went through a boot camp became Mesh's apprentice and the guy that went through uh, uh one of the top universities in the uk uh became my apprentice and, and then they started the job at cojunus exactly the same day right so before we did not have a formal apprenticeship program mm-hmm. they were just like working side by side with us and mentored us in whatever we were doing at that time. So, looking at, like we, we liked both of them. Uh, we, 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 I think that we were really lucky to have both of them. It's a shame that at some point, of course, they it was their first job. Uh, at some point, they, they, they looked for other things, other experiences, but looking at them, uh, they stayed with us for at least a couple of years, uh, maybe one of them a bit longer. And they were very different. But for example, the one that came through the boot camp, he was more mature. He was already in the late 20s, if I'm not wrong, and he had worked in other businesses and in small businesses. So he was used to understand the financial pressures of working in a small business. I think it was coming from a charity. I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, but but he was used to that pressure of delivering something or, or of. Understanding money, you know, like you need to do business. You so money come in so that they, he can get get paid and stuff. So he's dealings with our other team members and even with the client. The clients really liked him because he was a far more mature guy, right? The so, but he struggled far more because, like, we are a consultancy. We tend to go to 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 places where, well, it, it's, it's complex places, right? So they, they need to, to work with. There is a lot of stuff, it's not only a piece of code, they have large systems and integrations and all sorts of stuff. So for example, on the hard skills, he struggled much, much more. So for example, the other guy was almost the opposite. on the hard skills, hardcore programming, talking about memory management or lists and uh, and maps and uh, and all this kind of stuff and, and getting familiar with frameworks and very quickly understand complexity, he was much, much, much faster, but he was also much younger. So, for example, he would get frustrated a little bit faster. Uh, so all this kind of stuff. So dealing with other, although he was a great guy, by the way, it was a real shame that he left. But, but again, you could see that, that those life skills that you were saying was there, that, that it was almost like uh, <laughs> one would take longer to understand technical issues but would do more better because of his maturity as a person. The other one learned far faster, but again, it was more immature.
0: There's also a a matter of attitude as well. eh? Like you can still, you know, you can get people with the wrong attitude and doesn't matter what kind of training they went through before that, uh, you know, they don't have the right attitude to, to especially in an industry like ours that's constantly changing you constantly need to be learning adapting and so on um if you don't have that in you mm, you're gonna have a hard time either it's way very, right?
1: it's very true and we've had a we had one or two of that as well
0: we, we over
1: years we've hired a few people um and you know this person was didn't thrive let's say at codurance and they they had quite a bit of, they'd come out of a boot camp and had a bit of experience as well. But yeah, it's the, the attitude matters a lot. But also there is, there is an idea of familiarity because one thing that I'm noticing more and more teaching my son, younger son software development is that it's not an easy thing to jump into. It is a, a kind of a paradigm shift and you think differently. Uh, and it's it's very hard to get into, and I think people that come in uh, come in unprepared into boot camps. I know one of our boot camps who are actually very close to us, North Corders, uh They're actually very. They do a an exam before you enter, so there's an entry exam, because you do need a level of preparation before you get in. So it's it's how much familiarity that you've had with coding. Because you do, you do need you do need that familiarity. It's like it's very very close to learning a language. Because I'm trying to learn Spanish, and I'm trying to teach uh, a, 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 it's a C sharp to my son, right? And I, and he has the same kind of issues that I have with learning Spanish because of the fluency for understanding, being like having that vocabulary and constructs in your head and ready for recall immediately right and kind of the the paradigm of the language just like like he has and I find him struggling and stumbling over it over and over again just like I stumble with the learning a language so what, what I'm saying is that if you want to go towards a boot camp if you just go in not knowing much about programming at all and think okay the boot camp three months and I'm going to get a programming job you're doing yourself a big disfavor, and even if you do manage to get a job, you're gonna struggle for quite a while. So, actually, coming in with a good level of preparation and familiarity, uh, akin to doing Duolingo for a year or so <laughs> before, before, <laughs> before, before, before you actually went
0: into, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, do the same thing and then then go in and it, it, kind of almost immersion when you prepared. That I think will bring you out in a much better, at a much better level.
0: You know, you reminded me of well. There's there's a couple of things that you mentioned that that I'd like to get to, but you reminded me of uh, Michael Michael Mueller. You remember the the mm-hmm. financial guy? Who, uh, so so Michael, uh, among the many things that that he, did, he had uh, an online magazine. Uh, well, not an online. It's it started as a just a magazine like called Mini Guide uh, for you know things to do in Barcelona that kind of thing. And they would print the thing and then at some point he said okay i want to transition the magazine to online how do i do that and then he started teaching himself programming right to be able to deal with that in the end after he knew kind of then he went and hired someone and they you know did the project and and all that stuff and he sometimes would go in and change stuff and, and so on now at some point he when the whole uh, bitcoin and cryptocurrency was kind of starting to of course he's his uh, background is in finance right so he said okay i want to get into this and he went and did a bootcamp on ethereum right yeah he learned how to code for you know smart contracts etc 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 and right after that he went and got a job at a well, at a crypto-based uh, company, he's still doing that and he's doing very well. He's actually been promoted uh, a few times already, but because he brings on top of his knowledge, technical knowledge, which I would say, you know, it's good, but it's not like someone who been doing that for years. No, because uh, also this technology is relatively new, so to speak. No, and uh, he brings on other things like his financial knowledge like his you know people skills management etc and that has allowed him to progress a lot faster than anyone who just you know apples for apples you know, went also to the bootcamp but didn't have all, all of these things uh in there so i think what you're saying is is complete is entire that's the best scenario i would say right like you have a, a baggage or a set of things that, that you already know that are transferable skills. You also have done your work, yeah, of, of trying to learn on your own, yeah? And then once you realize, okay, so this is, you know, you, you went through the basics and know that it's you, you need some guide, then you go and you do the thing and you accelerate that learning, no, and continue on your own later on. That will be the ideal scenario for, for me in this case. Yeah. The other thing that I would... Sorry.
2: no, no, sorry. Finish, that. I thought you
0: were there. No, no, I was going to jump to another topic, but I, I can defer that to.
2: No, no, go. I'll, I'll take notes. I'll, I'll there's
0: manage. there's another thing that uh, that you mentioned, well, from the book camp, is that, and I think this is transferable. Like if when you look at universities, I don't know, like Harvard or whatever, right? The kind of stuff that they teach at those universities, they could use one method or another. But a lot of that stuff you can find somewhere else, right? Like if you go online, you see lectures of other universities. So they're like the content itself, you know, there might be some things there there. But what the university brings in this case is, from my perspective, the the people that you're going to be doing that with, yeah, whether it's teachers or other people that are going in there. And the selection process that happens before you go into university. But uh, Jose, this is the same in a
1: bootcamp, right? The one exactly, just, is, is what I'm trying the to say. Selection process and all their work is,
0: is group-based learning. This is this is what I what I meant. What triggered this this reflection is when you said that they do a test before. Uh, you know this this bootcamp that you were mentioning. I think North Colours or something like that. No, they North do a Colors, test yeah. before yeah, that. And I think that is something that a lot of bootcamps fail to do because they're mm-hmm. focusing on uh, on on basically getting money, right? Like okay, you come here, you we'll teach you, and it, the they're focusing more on the business side of that equation. Yeah, well, you can. Well, it's questionable. You know, the, the other thing is also business, right? But um, but basically, they focus more on the short term, you know, you transactional value that you can create from this and not the long term uh, kind of value. Right. And they don't they precisely don't do a very good selection process. Yeah. But that is working against them, because if you don't do a very good selection process, when people graduate and they go to, you know, find work. Yeah. If you con- if you're constantly seeing people coming from X bootcamp, and they're really good, they have the right attitude, they have the you know, yes, they they're new, they're not experienced, but they're you know they have potential. You pay attention to to people coming from there, right? Doesn't matter what the volume is, you know. Like you can you can have more students coming out of a bigger bootcamp and not. Have mm-hmm. the same uh, results, right? So I think that is something that, if if I were to change something in the way that bookends are approaching things now, I would add that. I I don't know if that's fair in the sense that you know it's a bit of gatekeeping, no, uh, in, in a way, no. It's like well, you are
1: you have the same at universities. Why well, no one talks about that being fair at universities, right? But it yeah, but, but it but is I something that I would change about
2: this one. I have, I mean, I need to, to, to digest a bit more because like, um, so I think that, yeah, that's why I said. I have mixed feelings because on one end, uh, you say, look, I have a school and I'm willing to teach some skills to whoever wants to come and of course can afford as well. because It's not a charity and, and that gives opportunity to everyone that of course can afford that, that training, right? So of course, they have limitations and stuff, so uh, of, of number of people and so on. So on one, one hand, I like that a lot. So you are your job is, look, I'll give you some skills to people, similar to a school. All the students will go through school, Some of them will do very well after with with that knowledge and acquiring that knowledge and applying that knowledge in the future. Others, not so much, but the opportunity was given uh, to to those people. Of course, the other schools, uh, so for example, I have uh, experience of of public and private schools and and some schools is is way beyond that. So it's not only like teaching some skills, but they want to be known as the best school, the best university, the best private uh, school, and so on. And they are measured by the how good the, the students uh, graduate, right? And, and how, for example, in a private school here, they, they say, like, we have this percentage of students that were able to pass in Cambridge or Oxford or, or some of the top universities in the UK. So that's part of their criteria that's telling us. So the boot camps can also take that. If they take that, they become a bit more selective. But I think that there is a space for all of them. So, so for example, we don't need to have just one type of boot camp because there are, this is the thing, right? So a way, a way to flip that around is, what kind of work those people that go through a boot camp expect to get after graduation? So what is the kind of return that they want for their investment, yeah? And also, uh, for future employers also, for them to consider to hire someone from a boot camp, as I said, we considered that in the past, and then we gave up on, on that idea, uh, sort of. Uh, so maybe with very few exceptions, but we don't target boot camps, let's put it this way. Um, the same way that we do, as I said, we don't target recent grads. However, we also, don't don't care how people learned what they learn. So when they come to our selection process, we will apply in criteria as an employer. But if they learn those skills, being hard skills, soft skills, we don't really care how they acquired that knowledge, what they acqu- Every company will have a selection process and say, "Look, as long as they meet these criteria for hard and soft skills, if they have learned that through formal education or from a series of training courses or from a bootcamp, is on or just learned by the job is almost irrelevant."
1: Right. So, I, I think, know, Sandra, as you said, it's there's room for everyone, uh, for all sorts of boot camps, but I would say that at the moment, most bootcoms are at the bottom of that ladder. In the sense, you know, they're trying to make money and it's fine. And they, they'll bring almost everyone in. And even, uh, and, and the other thing is that there's no real grading process. And there's no, not the university grading process are that standard, but universities have some kind of, so if you have a person with a first class degree in computer science, you expect a certain level of intelligence. They might not even know how to program well or write clean code, but you th- this capacity to learn and 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 apply yourself, you expect a certain level. And this I think you' I mean, I'm unaware. maybe some boot camps do, but they definitely don't do it. So I think very few boot camps have a good selection criteria and are very strict on on who comes in. And then there's probably nobody that actually does a grading. But there is a thing in the middle as well, is that these, almost every bootcamp that I've seen, they are group learning places, yeah? And you learn probably arguably more from your group than you learn from your teacher, right? So if you have a a, a very good standard of people coming into, into a cohort for a bootcamp, and they are all good standards, they will teach each other a lot more, and consequently, you will get a much better outcome for most of them coming out as well. Like it's you know, like often they, there is a saying that you know training is taught at the speed of the slowest learner in the group, right? Often, mm-hmm. right? So there is the there is that dynamic as well that you know if you in if you raise the bar in entry criteria, you raise the bar of that cohort. Uh, collectively, and you, you high, well, this is just a hypothesis, but you probably get better results.
2: So, so there is a, uh, I just wanted to, one thing that I want to say, like Jose, when you were going to your second point. Uh, today, today we had an event at Cojurans here in London, and uh, a woman came to, to our event, and I, I spent a good amount of time speaking to her. So, I know that she watched uh, these, uh, some of the fireside chats as well. So she, she was telling me her, her story and I found it fascinating. So I think she's from Russia, but then also lived in Korea for a period of time and now is in the UK. She's already like, she's certainly far younger than, than I am, uh, but she studied, uh, I don't remember if it was economics with emphasis in business or the other way around, business with emphasis in economics. I don't remember which order that was. But then, very recently, she developed the, the, the interest in, in working with IT. I don't think she did a good camp, but she's going through after one training course after another. So she, she, she because she, she had a very analytic mind because of economics and stuff, so she said, look, I like data. And then she started studying data, uh, and then she got into Python, and then she started doing training uh, courses in Python. And then, through Python uh, and data, she discovered all the cloud and cloud computing and using the cloud to host the applications to do stuff. So then she got interested in AWS and she came to our AWS event today in our office. That's how I, I met her. And, and then I was saying, so tell me your story. And then she was telling me all of that. And, and you take someone that is certainly much younger than me, but but quite mature. Uh, so he's not certainly not an 18 year old or just a 21 year old. Uh, but when you take someone like her, for example, I think that finding different ways, very short trainings and using the knowledge that she already has from other industries, uh, she could be a very good asset for a lot of companies. I can, I can see just uh, her telling me the, the, the process that she's doing to learn new things and going to those events, going to communities, doing trainings, speaking to people. So, and she said, look, I feel that I'm almost ready now to get my first job in IT. And now she's applying for jobs. She even had an interview after our event and, and stuff. So, uh, I, I find that, like, uh, when you talk about university, I come from a university background. I did a computer science, master degree, all that. I agree with everything you said, Mesh. But I have those conversations at home today, like with my kids. Let's say if one of my kids decides to go... Uh, to do what I do, uh, I would think so. Like, do you really want to go to university, or, or for example, if you can prepare yourself, if they are really apt to it, right? So if they start developing the, 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 I don't know, the, the, the passion for writing code and, and stuff like that. If they can learn that through different means, either through bootcamp, through trainings and stuff, getting internships and stuff, and bring them to do an unpaid job for. At the end of the day, as I was saying, I don't really care how they acquired those skills, but if they can show at that uh, at that moment, so look, I can compensate my lack of knowledge with demonstrable, uh, I don't know, like uh, they can demonstrate how much they are willing to learn and how they've been learning and stuff. As an entry point, again, again, uh, we are not hiring this person to be a principal consultant to work in the most challenging jobs, but as an entry level, as a team member, to do the the initial work that a, a junior would do. I think that that's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Herman, I, 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 you you mentioned you 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 had a thing like uh. From a software craftsmanship, uh, Herman uh, Gonzalez was saying on, on the chat, like from software craftsmanship perspective, can we think about a bootcamp to enter medicine field and become a doctor? Uh, so, no. But, but I also but I think that this is this is remember that we are talking about entry level. So for example, maybe there is a bootcamp for you not to become a a, a, a heart surgeon. But you could at least, I don't know, know how to to, to apply a, an injection or to, you know, like, so you're starting.
1: It, it's funny thing. It, it, made me really, it made me laugh because um, I'm originally from Pakistan and they, the medical sector is not very well rego- um, um, regulated at all. Right. And I remember a lot of the, I mean, even when I was very young, I remember that they were, they were, doctor's assistants or even pharmacists that then suddenly became doctors right and you know they were servicing a need in the com- in the community they were everyone called them a doctor and they could you know prescribe some medicine normal medicine and they had the foresight to say okay you need to go to hospital <laughs> that kind of thing and that was pretty good and they were a doctor right now I'm, I'm being funny but in a, in a way you know there is of course you know that that you could think of those as boot camps. You know, at a pharmacy, and then you go become a doctor, or a, or just a kind of a doctor lite, as it as it is. But there is. Uh, oh, by the way, Pakistan has some very good doctors as well. A lot of them come to the UK. You know,
2: the whole Pakistani community coming <laughs> to our chart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just
1: saying. Just saying. But, but but there is another element to this is that you know. Uh, the cost of failure in software development, especially at entry levels and so on, and you're working in team environments, you can be sheltered from making big mistakes and making small mistakes is not that big a deal. Even big mistakes, you know, we make them all the time. Often, probably part of the Wild West that we're in, often they're kind of overlooked. Once or twice a developer gets, uh, gets the thing, but often they're overlooked. But, you know, the cost of failure in being a doctor is much higher. So that's why you know, in regulated places, health industry is highly regulated because the risks are much higher. You know, you make a mistake and you kill somebody and you go to jail. <laughs> it's not the case. Yeah, at in the, point, can... you need to
2: specialize. Of course, there's no yeah. doubt for, for certain types of jobs. You need to specialize. But again, uh, I, I think that it was not a, a good comparison because, like, uh, as I said, uh, I don't expect someone to finish a good company. And do the, the the work of a principal consultant to advise investment banks of what to do. So that, that's is a big gap, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so 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 the, the there are things. For example, are there alternatives to boot camps, both from a person uh, that wants to 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 join our industry, but also for employers that would like to bring. Uh, I wouldn't say young necessarily, but inexperienced talent, people with with a lot of potential that are joining our industry now, are, are that alternatives? Um, so, Jose, I don't know, just just a question, maybe. <laughs>
0: Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> shameless <laughs> plug time. Was
1: <laughs> no uh, 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 this uh, was this scripting that I don't know that it was scripting.
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 from a uh, people perspective, I mean.
0: No, <laughs> no. I mean, uh, listen. I I like a lot. I think e-learning is a is a very good option, right? Like right now, you know you. You pay a uh, Udemy subscription or whatever, and you get access to a ton of content. Some is good, some is bad. No, but there are very good trainings and and courses there that if you uh, if you apply yourself, you you know you you can get good really really fast and very up to date as well. Yeah, and, and that's all or mostly all on your own. Yeah, so. For the hard skills, a lot of that you can do on your own through e-learning and books and and this kind of thing. Yeah, even YouTube, uh, very good channels that that talk about a lot of stuff, Um, even practices, XP, like like all those things. Now, you're not going to be able to get that. uh, Well, you're not going to be able to get there. Is the um, you know teamwork and actual experience of working on a project because a lot of the times the complexity of the projects that, for instance, we work in, is different than you know a to-do list or a movie site or a whatever example toy project that you can that you can put together, right? Um, so that you need to get somewhere else, yeah. And I feel like. The ideal alternative, this is what we try to do with, you know, some of the programs that we are doing with clients and, and things that we're stay tuned because we will be releasing some stuff uh, in the near future. Yeah, uh, is precisely trying to combine that theoretical and kind of expert feedback that you get, for instance, with technical coaching with the hands on approach of working in an actual project in your context because this is this is one of the things that happens when you do a training even you know as, as an organization trying to get people to the level or whatever Like you i can give you two days of training and you can learn the vocabulary and more or less get an idea of how to do you know tdd
2: get some of awareness, so Not awareness aware, but, what it's
0: but then when i drop you in the you know the context where you were before this application that is usually legacy maybe has no tests maybe has you know not a very good design whatever then it's very the gap for you to be able to use those skills in that context is so big that it it will take a lot of effort individually for you to be able to do it uh, right right and probably a lot of time as well so bridging those two yeah having that theory plus feedback plus application into a, a real uh, thing i think is is would be the ideal uh outcome uh, for that yeah of course if you're an employer you can also have like redo you know uh, plps or personal learning plans where people have you know this is these are the gaps that i have these are the things that i need to look at and then you create specific training modules for them to go through as they're working as part of their their um you know Induction process, let's put it like that, No, uh, in order for them to to bridge that gap Yeah, I think those are two good options. Now if you are an employer trying to find a a, a Bootcamp that does that good selection But also that mixes both the theory and the practice with your actual context is one thing the other one uh, would be you know having development paths for for people uh, in in general, yeah. and of course it, the e-learning thing, I think is it supplements everything, right? Like it, and it also helps scale, yeah, as well, um, which is which is quite interesting. Now, the only thing that I, and this is something that Perry also mentioned. I think he, he mentioned it to me uh, at some point. Is the um, the mentoring slash coaching aspect of things? I feel like that. There's still not a very good solution for it, other than you know, technical coaching or, or, or things like this, which is kind of uh, we're going with that. But uh, I think with now with Chat GPT, and I and I show you, I think, some of the examples that I did, uh, right? You can actually get a lot of that with AI, yeah, with large language models that are able to code, etc., and you can basically have a coach with you kind of complementing those things i think that you know is not far off i mean the, the results right now are actually really good um in in a year or two they'll probably be even better right and i'm talking about design i'm talking about all the all the other things that are not that easy to learn just on your own right like Reading a book or, or doing an exercise because part of that is having the feedback. You no, know? it's like if you do the exercise and you don't know it's wrong, then you're not learning either, right? So, so I think this aspect of of having something to complement is is essential to that as well. Yeah, and in this case, DBD is a good um, is a good option uh, for now. I mean, it's close to being a good option, I would say. Sorry, I gave a, I gave a lot of. <laughs> A big spiel there but
2: yeah <laughs> and then for you Max, like are there alternatives for uh, boot camps both from uh people and uh employers
1: so alternative to boot camps and universities i'm guessing right
2: Uh, Let's say, now I'll refresh. So, alternatives for people to break into our industry. Let's say we already covered the the boot camps and universities. Mm -hmm. So, people to get into our industry, but also for employers to get people uh, at the entry level.
1: So, there's a bunch of things. Uh, I don't know how many alternatives exist, um, and I don't know why we don't do it. Like, for example, Rolls-Royce has apprenticeships which start from the age of 16. And they're usually about, I think, at least five years long, right? Uh, I don't know how they justify that, uh, and how much they pay people, but I think not a lot, right? So from the 16, from 16 to 21, they are expected to earn very little and and learn a lot, and so that I I don't. I am unaware of any companies, small companies often that because it's a very long-term investment, but I don't know. I'm not aware of big companies, but I'm sure there are that offer that level of, um, but that level of uh, training, although once you trained as a Rolls-Royce engineer, there's not many other places you can work other than Rolls-Royce. So it's like a, of course, there's a lot of investment, but there's also a very long-term return. Whereas there's in the UK, you know, in tech industries, two two years max, it seems like at the moment tenure. Um, But it is an alternative. Uh, the other alternatives that I see are what we do, as Jose was saying as well. We have our own apprenticeship scheme, and we we take people from a certain level. I think even companies like us where It is, frankly, not easy to get the right kind of attitude, uh, behavior, uh, uh, kind of acumen, let's say as well. And even looking at, at earlier on at people who are college leavers, right? Because in the UK, up to college is free, yeah, education. And college leavers, looking at them and... And taking them from that level is also a very interesting thing. And in fact, I know that a lot of companies do that now. There are these very sought-after scholarship apprentices in the UK, but they are oversubscribed, highly oversubscribed. And the like, if you seek a scholarship uh, apprenticeship at the college because my son is there at the moment the competition is so big and only the cream get it because what you get there a scholarship and apprenticeship what you get there is after i think it's three years i'm not sure exactly you get paid to do the job not necessarily at the same level as like the market rate but you do get a good level of pay and you get a degree at the end of it as well. So it's a thing that you can hold in your hand and, and you can, you know, uh, so it's well-recognized, well it's at a particular level and so on. And you've basically been working, I think it's two days of learning, three days of working or something like this, but it's a lot of hard work, uh, but they are very sought after. And for companies like us to actually think about those kind of things as viable alternatives for finding good people, but even for people uh, who want a third alternative, not university, not just jump straight into an uh, a boot camp, but actually look at these things, um, is yeah, I think they are. It's also a good alternative.
0: You you touch on a point there. Yeah, sorry, Sandra. I'm Not sure if you wanted to jump in now, but um, <clears throat> you touch on a point there, which was they have something to hold on to, and it's well regarded, and and so on, and. Uh, how do you see that kind of certification kind of because because this is kind of like underlying uh, an underlying theme in a lot of the stuff that we've discussed right like you before you were saying if you go to university you get a computer science degree you expect certain level of whatever right like because they went to no, there's a, there's that inherent uh, expectation now of, of minimum level now the people that go through that uh, go and to some extent that's what certifications are
1: yeah but they, for, they, no? they are not they that's the problem with certification they're not well regulated and they yeah you can buy them they're pretty much you can buy them and most often than not there are certifications that you attended something not or that you achieved some certain assessment that's the problem with with a lot of the certifications you do some which are where you do have to sit exams. They are CBT, computer-based tra- exams that ask you multiple choice questions and you answer them. Um, yeah, well, you th- you think, well, exams, university exams are the same, right? But they are marked by individuals. They're not multiple choice and they're not tactical. There is a lot of strategic element to those assessments. And, and I'm not aware of a more sophisticated method of assessment in the private sector for certification, as there exists for for degrees.
0: No, but for instance, someone in the chat is like, "How about a, how about OCP Java, uh, right? Like, there, there are certain certifica- certifications o- certifications that OCP inc- sorry
1: was OCP, in- Oracle o- certified o- professional, o- yeah, yeah." yeah. Oh, sat- yeah. So yeah, Sandro said, can tell you all about them. He has all the at the time there were some. Problems, yeah, he just, collects have, them. He collects have, them. Like I used to collect the Microsoft one. That I am embarrassed to admit about as well. So
2: I, I actually recently I think I removed from my LinkedIn profile, but I had five of them and I had quite a high score in all of them. But like, but, but then because they are like the, almost like uh, 15, 20 years old, I, I saw no remove that. No,
0: but, but my my but my point was uh, was you know there are certain certifications even for instance in security right like where they would ask you already for I don't know two years of experience doing X type of work and then on top of that completing uh, certain and then on top of that doing some assessments right um, so to some extent. There are the easy ones now where you just pay and maybe get some exams and just do exams until you memorize everything that can come up and, and pass. right? Uh, and there are others that try to, again, do a good job at filtering out who has the knowledge or doesn't have the knowledge to to certain extent.
1: But, but even frankly, I mean, I'm, you know, even look at OCP Java, uh, the, the certification itself is would actually treat a certification. I always used to tell my apprentices as well that, you know, do certifications to learn, not to, not for the certification itself, but what it teaches you. Like it covers a a wider variety, right? But having said that, uh, just me saying, we don't look at certifications at all. And I, I don't even read that part where someone says certifications under the CV. And I know that the kind of companies that do read it and do make it a prerequisite and they are not very good.
2: Those right. companies. So <laughs> let, let me tell you a quick story about that, right? So the, the the thing about like why I had five Java certifications, yeah, and I took them all before coming to the UK. So I'll tell you what why I went for that and what I was expecting to happen. So when I decided to move from Brazil to the UK. I knew that the, I, I worked mostly with Java, uh, with Delphi. Delphi was non-existing in the UK. The UK market at that time, 2004, was Java. Yeah, so I could not have anything in my CV. So I took, I changed jobs. I worked with Java for, for a year uh, in Brazil. I even took a pay cut just to to learn Java. But I. I was coming from a country that it doesn't like, first of all, the university that I went to is far from being the best in Brazil. So if it's not even the best in Brazil, imagine my university compared to Oxford and Cambridge and Imperial and so on. So on a university criteria, I had zero chances. Yeah. So I even didn't. So, but then why did I go for the, univers- the, the certifications? So, because I needed to learn Java. I needed to be proficient in Java. So I was coding every single night, doing equivalent to Katas. I had loads of different pet projects, but the certifications, what they gave me, the Java certifications, they gave me a structured way of learning. I, I, I knew what I had to learn and I had to apply into pet projects. So I understood very well the difference. And I scored, I think like out of five certifications, I don't have any one that I scored less than 95%. I, I, I did extremely well. I had probably one of the highest ranking Brazilian certifications. So the, the, but were they important as a title? No, however, when I arrived in the UK and I did interviews because I was looking for kind of more entry level and a junior kind of site, I would destroy any interview. So if the interviewer come, came in asking, co- Questions about Java? I would give them a lecture. See, see, see what I'm saying. That so, hasn't changed then. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but, but the, the thing was, so, so it, the the certifications, the value was not the title of having the certification, yeah. but providing me a very structured way of learning and having a test yeah. uh, and being able to understand cool. that technology to a very wide. Uh, yeah. Degree,
0: if you like. Yeah, we yeah, uh, totally. again. That's that's why I was uh, mentioning it as well. Because, for instance, we do with people that come out of the academy, we usually say, "Hey, if you don't know what to do next, do the AWS, uh, you know, practitioner thing, so that you, because because it will get you focused, no? on learning something, right, uh, uh, on cloud or whatever, to complement some of the the knowledge that you have. So yeah, you can you can definitely use them as a as a learning path kind uh, yeah. almost yeah. no and and i think there's a lot of benefit in that now if you're doing it to hold the paper as, yeah. as you said before at so, least so, we, so, do, yeah. we don't so give no it a lot
2: company, of yeah no company cared about the paper but they were hiring for some i was applying for java roles and people were asking me because they knew that it was an entry-level uh job they, they would ask me Things about the technology that I would work for, uh, work with, and, and and I could demonstrate a lot of knowledge. And also did well in the, the some of the companies. Uh, pairing pair programming back in the 2004 when I arrived was not that common. Uh, but but any coding exercise that I had, I did reasonably well enough to, to get the jobs. But but this is this is the thing. So for example, we as a company, we coders, we we don't use certifications or degrees. Uh, as criteria for any of our interview, and 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 we are not special about that. There is a lot of companies out there, at least in the UK, that are quite mature. Um, that they will, they have some jobs to be done, and they will inter- see if people have the skills to perform the job at a certain level. But how they acquire that knowledge, for most modern companies, is almost irrelevant. Yes, sir. exactly.
1: There, there is another, actually, you know, the, the question Sandra, you asked about alternative ways of learning. The other thing, and I think, regardless of what level you're in, entry or senior or whatever, is community. You know, being part of a regular part of, of communities. You know, maybe spend one to two days a week or evening, set those aside to go and attend a community of your choice in software development, you know whichever programming language whichever architecture whichever cloud technology and those will teach you more than anything else i did i think i was saying this to you sandro that like the single biggest multiplier in my knowledge and skill was the london software craftsmanship
2: community this is the same same for me so coming from the job and then the, the the craftsmanship community took everything i know to the next level and this woman that i mentioned today uh, she said exactly that today to me. She said, look, I've been coming to the, the London Software Crossmanship Community. She's gonna be the next event for the, the carpet stuff. So she attended some events. So she said, look, just coming to the communities, it's opening up a whole new world to me because I, I meet people. So during the events, I learned stuff and then I meet those people attending the events and they have their own experience. And she was saying like, so that's why she, she went from data to Python, to AWS, and now to other things. And so she said, and then she was talking about machine learning and AI and stuff. And she said, like, this is just me going to places and talking to people and then arriving home and trying to practice those stuff and trying to learn
0: yeah and i would say not only attending is like a first step but if you really want to get into it start contributing because one of the things that helps you the most is when you have to explain things to to others the 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 action of learning it and preparing it to be able to explain it is a very strong way of of learning and, and absorbing that uh, that knowledge and i remember that like when for instance i when you're doing I don't know preparing a, a kata right like you're you you're gonna do a prepare kata or you're gonna do a facilitated calling dojo, but you still need to do the exercise yourself and then, and then you're doing it yourself but then it's not just doing it, like like someone who will attend is doing it right you're doing it to see what else you know you can get out of that and what topics or what conversations can come out of that and what are your you know your thoughts as you're doing it as well. So it, it serves a higher uh, purpose, no, of of analyzing at the same time that you're kind of going through the to the practice itself. Right. So mm-hmm. it's it's very positive, very strong. Okay. So I think we're at the ten minute mark, which is almost <laughs> <laughs>
2: An hour and ten is the new hour. Exactly, it's right?
0: the new hour, exactly. <laughs> right. uh, any last thoughts um, before we close?
2: Uh, I'll try to be brief. So yeah, I think the boot camps uh, overall are a good thing. Uh, so they help people to get into our industry. We need more people in our industry. Uh, yes, uh, some of them could, could do a better job. I think that there is room to have boot camps at different levels. Uh, because the employers are also at different levels the kind of software engineering skills that you need to have in a very complex environment like a, a very large investment banking telecom uh, healthcare and stuff or for consultancies where you are selling that service so so the client paying expects uh, a good service at software engineering of course at the bar to get those jobs are higher so maybe there are different bootcamps that could evolve, uh, to cater for the needs of some more highly specialized companies. However, there are many other companies that they have much simpler uh, businesses, much smaller businesses, where they just need a few people. They already have a small core that that do well, and they just need maybe a few entry level people to start learning. They have the time, the right environment, the the, the simpler systems. So so you can have boot camps targeting. Different types of employers. The return on investment tend to be quite good, at, at least as an entry point. Companies, I think that they have alternatives. They can hire from outcomes, they can have from universities, but they can also establish their own uh, kind of internal, like we have our internal academy. And I know that other companies are trying to do the same, either doing themselves or hiring company, companies like ours to help them to build their academies. Uh, but then you build an academy for the, the, the needs of that company. So your own internal academy needs to be according to what you expect those people to do after they graduate and what you teach and how you teach needs to be aligned to that. So, so that, that's kind of my, my, my summary.
1: Very good summary, Sandro. I don't know what else to add. <laughs> it summarized everything very well and what we discussed. Uh, yeah, so the answer, how useful are tech bootcamps? Boot camps very useful, <laughs> is the answer, uh, given everything else. Um, and I'll use my time to, you know, we were talking about communities. As Coduras. we have software craftsmanship communities in uh, alongside every office and sometimes even more places. So search for software craftsmanship communities in the UK. We have London, of course, Leeds and uh, Manchester. And... And other places as well. And of course, we have communities in Barcelona, Madrid, Malaga. So, yeah, you know, head over to your. Pardon? And Lisbon as well. And Lisbon, yeah, exactly. So, head over to your closest uh, software craftsmanship community. You'll learn a great deal. And, important thing, as Jose was saying, go there, attend regularly, meet, make friends, and contribute. And then you will learn a lot.
0: Cool. Um. Yeah, I guess you guys cover a lot of <laughs> a lot of the stuff. So I'll uh, yield my time. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you like what you heard today, if you like the conversation and so on, uh, hit the notification uh, button and subscribe and you'll know when we go online. Usually it's Tuesdays around the same time. Um, always a new topic. If you, there is a topic that you want us to discuss, please go ahead. You know tell us about it, Twitter, the chat, whatever, right? Uh, we're more than happy to to uh, discuss these things. It, it also helps us to open our eyes and, and widen our horizon, you no? Know? Like when we did the the AI thing and so on. So, um, so yeah, be part of the conversation and uh, hopefully we'll see you here next time. Thank you, everyone.
2: Thank you, everyone.